Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name is Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics. This week on the show, I'm joined by our head of consulting, Corinne Cantor. Hey, Corinne. Hi, Dom. And I'm also joined by Sean McCarthy, our chairman. Hi, Sean. Hi, Dominic. Sean's dialing in from New Zealand. Uh, there's not too many flights going across the Tasman at the moment, Sean. Uh, no, that's true. In fact, I was due to fly to Sydney last weekend for a couple of weeks, and we decided not to come given the sorts of things were happening. And we were happy that we didn't because we would be uh, desperately trying to get back to New Zealand as the government is asking everybody to, or uh, could be worse, stuck in Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too bad over here, Sean. It's a beautiful sunny day, so... Uh... <laughs> Things aren't quite as dire if you turn off the uh, rolling news coverage, I, I feel. But actually, part of the reason we wanted to get you on the show, Sean, was to talk a bit about the whole COVID-19 thing, and in particular, what human synergistics are doing, how we're supporting our clients and our network through this time. And I'd also be interested in learning a bit about you know, what can people do personally for their own sort of sanity and mental health during this time as well. So. I guess from the top of it, you know, I guess what's the message, Sean? What, what would you like to say to our community? Well, my first message is, is potentially a bit of a bizarre one, and that is the old expression, everything changes and all remains the same. So, mm-hmm. yes, yes, the world is changing. I mean, there's simply no doubt about that. It's the health repercussions for some are as bad as they can be, and the economic implications for all of us are going to be very strong for a long time. But in terms of nothing all remains the same, as organisations still have to function some way or another. They need people in leadership positions. So it's sort of like it's not the right time to do that now. It's, it's not overly relevant and actually says it's probably more important than you think it is. It's times like this that leadership really kicks in and uh, the, the genuine underlying behaviour people, if you like, becomes very clear. So I say all remains the same because you've still got an organization to run, you've still got a business to run, you need people of some description, uh, you need people in managerial leadership positions, you need groups to work together probably better than they ever have if it's going to be remotely, mm. and we need people to behave constructively regardless of the pressures that are going on around them. I think it's a great shout that you know now now is when you're sort of tested, right, because the pressure's on more so and it's more difficult. So that's when you need to kind of almost turn, crank it up, turn the volume up on that stuff. Sean, what about as as a as a business? You know how what's our plan during this time? How are we supporting clients? What's the plan as far as human synergistics goes? I guess our our main thrust at the moment is to remind everybody that everything that we do can be done virtually one way or another. It's sort of been a convenient habit to, and and of course face to face debriefings and such things are are very powerful, but it can be done probably more easily than most people think through some sort of uh, over internet protocol technology, whether it's Blue Jeans or Skype or whatever, Teams, etc. To do debriefs around culture, climate and individual leadership styles, behaviours, etc., just as effectively as you do face-to-face. So I just want to take the opportunity to remind the folks out there who listen to this fantastic podcast of yours that really there there are ways of keeping going. Yeah, good point, Sean. And actually, it was it was just coincidental. A few, who a couple of months ago, we released an episode on remote debriefing. So you know, I, 
I think people think that you can only debrief an LSI face-to-face, and that is our preferred method. I think it's always better, if you can, to be in the same room as someone. Obviously, given the current circumstances, that may not be possible or not preferable. So you can definitely do it remotely. And we've got a podcast on that. And we've also going to be doing some webinars, Corinne. Yeah, we are. Um, What I was going to say is I think that when you're giving feedback, it is preferable to do it face-to-face. That doesn't mean it can't be done virtually. And certainly, I think in recent years, the technology around virtual platforms and video conferencing is so much better so that, you know, people don't freeze mid, mid-sentence as much and there's a clarity that you can see on screen. So, you know, we did that podcast, of, you know, a while back. Yeah, it was um, episode 85, so it was released ep- at the start of February. Yeah, episode 85, and we did it because we found that we were in a position of having to do it as well. And so what we've done, and so part of our response to support our practitioners is actually to put together a virtual debriefing pack, which will be announced and released on Friday the 20th. So we're recording this on Friday the 20th. <laughs> Friday the 20th. It'll be so released it'll be out today. by the time uh, this comes out. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. I'm trying to remember how to think forward. But um, So there'll be a virtual debriefing pack. On top of that, we're running how to run remote debriefs every day from Monday through to Friday. That kicks in March 23rd. And we'll keep doing that for as long as the, the need is there. And as part of it'll be a 60-minute webinar and we've got uh, the remote debriefing, how to remote debrief and coach podcast. And in support to that, we've also put together a resource pack of step-by-step process, checklist, frequently asked questions around technology that'll go with that as well. So that'll be accessible immediately Monday to Friday. So I encourage people, if you're not sure um, or you're not well practiced on the various um, mediums then to to jump on and um, we'll walk through. And it's a great way to connect with practitioners as well who are in the same boat. And um, I just want to say too, Dom, that I agree with Sean that there's never been a more important time to continue with leadership development, leadership debriefing, leadership coaching than now. Everything that we've always done to help leaders be able to cope with complexity and ambiguity and you know, keep a cool head under pressure is for times like these. And so if there was ever a time where organizations really need to take the opportunity to strengthen their their bench strength in terms of leadership, it's uh-huh. now. And we really want to be able to support people to continue BAU in, in a way that is high quality and really effective. Mm. Uh, there's an old Irish saying that says nothing lasts forever. Yeah, you've got to keep that in mind. And so, for organisations, the upturn will happen. It's just a question of whether that's going to be one month, three months, six months, whatever. Yeah. And so, we know from a research point of view and comparative studies across organisations that those organisations that focus on integrating their business, their organisation, and focusing on how they integrate the subunits within that organisation, as opposed to destroying the integration with layoffs, etc actually end up performing better over a five to ten year period. Mm. And so it's, it's a bit of a truism that often you you lose so much of your best talent when times are tough, and it is, it is tough, and it does require strong balance sheets, as politicians have talked about continuously. That's euphemism for lots of cash. 
because the upturn will come, and the question will be, how ready is your organisation going to be when that occurs? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. For those resources, they're available on the AP portal if people log in there, and we'll have links to the webinar where people can sign up for the webinars. Yeah. So when the uh, newsletter goes out today, I think there'll be a link that'll actually take you straight to where the virtual pack is, Uh and then you'll be able to register for those webinars as you would any other of our professional development webinars. And I might just take the opportunity to say to Dom that all our professional development seminars are going ahead. There are a few in Perth that um, are a little bit way off and we're waiting to see what happens. But at the moment, everything's going ahead. There's a few face-to-face that are in train that we'll, we'll check to see if people are willing to come but most of them are going to be done virtually. And so don't think that we're putting a hold on your development because we're not, we're we're just going to go ahead, but it'll be via webinar. Yeah, fantastic. What about our accreditation programs? People getting accredited, are they still happening, Corinne? They are. So all anybody who's waiting to finish their accreditation with a recall workshop, all recall workshops have been transferred to a virtual format. And if you haven't already been contacted as your recall workshops come up, you'll receive um, an invitation for a webinar that's going ahead. At this stage, we're planning to put the impact accreditation and the culture, the what we call organizational development accreditations online as well. With the foundation workshops and technical workshops. So that's for the LSI and GSI? LSI and GSI. It's an interesting one. We ran one yesterday in the Sydney office practicing social distance. And <laughs> I've got a couple of pictures, actually, a little bit of video of Ian Carruthers running it. So I might, um, we might put it on Sp- our website. Sp- spread around the mat. And yeah, we've got them. a massive room that can accommodate 40 and we had five people. So I think with FW and TW, what we're doing is looking to keep running them, but small groups. Mm small groups practicing social distance. Um, We've got big wide spaces. So there's usually one person at a table, heavily sanitized, cleaned several times over, tables with sanitized, hand sanitizer, never running for more than say an hour and a half at a time. And in Sydney, you know, encouraging people and in Melbourne as well, encouraging people to go out. Yeah. And I think, I think that's it for all our businesses, right? Like, Mm. you know, life goes on. I think, you know, what we're trying to do, though, is just take the sensible precautions, Correct. follow what yeah. the government says if they're yeah. saying you know, there's a limit on people or whatever. But we're generally running smaller groups, spread yeah. them around, yeah. keep it clean. If you're feeling sick, don't come along. Exactly. You yeah. know, if or you've if returned men- from travel, I guess that's not a problem anymore because <laughs> no one can fly in. But if you just returned from travel, you know, don't come in for a while. Or if, you know, a family member's showing any symptoms, then don't yeah. come in. But, yeah. you know, give it's us a call. It's on all of us just to be sensible. Yeah. Right? Give us a call if you're in doubt. Give us a call, give us a shout, and um, we'll be able to advise you. So at this stage with LSI-GSI, we're just monitoring the situation. If people are happy to come in in small groups, we're proceeding. You know, there's always a a possibility that we may need to go online for those as well, and um, that's what will happen if we need to alter our course. It'll go online rather than stopping. Yeah, and... And so it's the same with workshops I'm running, at least. I'm mm. still doing some face-to-face mm. workshops. We've just cut down the numbers slightly. You know, we'll yep. spread it out. We'll be sensible. Yeah. But it continues on. One of the advantages of having the client base that we have, we have 
instructions from organisations in every uh, industry, if you like, and government, defence, mm. uh, these kinds of organisations that have sent instructions out to their own people about how to deal with this. And we get all of that, of course, so we can make it as safe as possible for people every which way you can imagine. Yeah, you know the other interesting thing, just as you're mentioning client groups, a lot of the ones who uh, business as usual push ahead are the medical and, and defense forces. So yeah. I figure if anyone if anyone knows what's going on, it should be those guys. Yeah. So maybe that says something. Yeah. I was intrigued with one that I won't name, but it comes from a very authoritative source organization was wearing face masks as a waste of time unless you actually have the infection yourself. Uh, and uh, just but have a look outside or watch television, you see everybody's wearing face masks. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so that's sort of what's what's going on for us. What about, because we talked about, you know, now's a good time to run a program, Sean, you're talking about that, you know, you've got to keep it up. What would be your advice? Because people are asking, you know, would doing a culture survey right now, for instance, would that skew the results? Because, you know, it's kind of a unique situation we're in right now. Yeah, it is, and that's a really good question to think about. Um, so it requires splitting out, looking at the various elements of the uh, OCI, OEI process for a project. So OCI measuring organizational culture, which is shared beliefs and values, they do not change in situations like this. So culture is not affected by the handling of the COVID-19 virus crisis. On the other hand, culture is going to confidently predict how an organization will handle responding to the COVID virus. So because it's beliefs and because it's values and because it's behavioral norms and because it's expectations of behavior, that does not change in situations like this. What we And, and I, I speak from 30 years of experience of measuring culture in that. I've worked with a bank that had a very constructive culture for many years and developed into being number one bank in their territory. And just as we were launching the latest uh, culture survey, for the first time in many, many years, there was an industry-wide, well, not first, I'm sorry, there was the usual industry-wide union strike called for all employees. This was the first time this bank's staff actually went on that strike, and we had just launched the uh, the culture survey. So, of course, everybody's wondering what the hell the impact of that's going mm-hmm. to be. And interestingly enough, their culture had improved. Yeah, right. Uh, and we, when you look at the organizational effectiveness inventory and put it in the context of the How Culture Works model, it's measuring what people experience in the organization in terms of articulation of mission and empowerment, involvement, respect, and how they see the training and development stuff working, et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't change at times like this. Mm. But what does change is how people feel, and that's the final part of the How Culture Works model as measured by the organizational effectiveness inventory broken into individual outcomes of culture, group outcomes, and organization-level outcomes. So what we do know can be sensitive at this time is the individual-level outcomes like job security, like motivation, satisfaction, etc. But it will have absolutely no impact on the group-level outcomes or the organizational-level outcomes. So mm-hmm. it's that engagement stuff, if you like, which is about how people feel mm-hmm. is going to be affected by this. So we're saying, Sean, that the, the feeling can go up and down which is those kind of individual outcomes, but that the the values and beliefs that actually sit under the surface, the culture, that remains pretty consistent. And actually, it will probably predict how how companies will handle a crisis like this. Yep, absolutely. And so those individual outcomes include things like job security, you know, intention to stay, Mm -hmm. 
probably satisfaction and motivation. So they're what we describe as the engagement-related kind of outcomes. And so they might be affected. The other thing to think about, though, is those of you who are actually already sort of thinking of doing a culture project or you've got one in train um, or you, you want to do one, we'd encourage you to go ahead and do it. But you've got the opportunity to add a few questions to the survey. And oh. so some of the supplementary questions you might be able to add to kind of probe a little bit more, if you like, offset against the individual outcomes that might be affected. So I think it's a really interesting time to do a culture because you're going to be able to get some information and data at this point in time and to kind of qualify it a little bit and, you know, at which will end up being a really interesting point in time insights mm. about what's going on in the culture. The other thing, uh, I'm not sure if I'm speaking prematurely, but Sean, should we share the idea of the connection meter? Well, you jump in too. So one of the things that we're looking at is that I think with so many organisations getting their people to work from home, and I think while we've been, everybody's been doing work from home in one way or another, I don't think anybody's seen a work from home initiative this big across society and across community. So what we're doing at the moment is our data analytics team is putting together what we're calling a connection meter. So it's kind of a pulse that will go out fortnightly and it asks a series of questions around how people are feeling working from home, how much information they're getting, how much support they're getting. So this is something that we'll be able to give organizations an idea around is there anything else in the infrastructure that they're providing to their people working from home you know, how teams are operating, if there's what kind of things are working well, what kind of things need to be addressed, and specifically what kind of initiatives might address those. Do you want to add some, add anything else, Sean? Yeah, look, it's, it's, I mean, life is always interesting, isn't it? no matter what the hell happens. And one of the interesting things now is this uh, surge to remote working for obvious reasons and a uh, good strategy overall with this virus. But it comes at a time when many of the organisations that blaze the trail on working from home are actually into a phase of asking the people to come back in the office mm. as of two months ago kind of thing. So why has that happened and therefore what are the, the risks associated that you need to think about organisationally with uh, a large number of remote workers? So I used the word integration earlier and it's a very important concept in organisational development. So you just disintegrated the organisation because you haven't got them all down the corridor or meeting every morning for a huddle, etc. It's now all virtual. And so there are great risks that the ability to collaborate, despite what the IT people will argue, I've seen it happen, it actually deteriorates. And so that's one thing to be careful of, looking for ways to improve and increase collaboration across technology platforms. Another is... Um, you know, I'll give you the big buzzword because I've always found it a very humorous term. Many, many years ago at Arizona University, uh, Dr. Robert Cook, who you all know about, with a guy called uh, Dr. Pierre Balthazard, on a theory that was called the electronic disintegration of interpersonal processes. Don't you just love that? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> the electronic disintegration of interpersonal processes. So when I, when I bump into you in the hallway, Dom, uh. I will say, G'day, Dom, how are you? Yeah, that's interpersonal process. When I send you an email, I do not start it with "G'day, Dom, how are you?" Mm. I go straight yeah, into task. task. 
Mm. Hey, we need to talk about, or I need you to do this for blah, 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 blah. And so we lose the interpersonal process. And that, therefore, over time has impact on the interpersonal relationships that people have. So this task versus people thing that the circumflex was designed to reinforce, what we know is that task-oriented behavior goes up with remote working and interpersonal relationships go somewhat downwards. Mm. So we need to be very careful of that. So, again, Andrew Barber and the analytics group has put together a really interesting article based around some research on impacts at individual level of working from home. And uh, we added a couple of keep this in mind stuff. So those will be bullet points in that one that goes, I think it goes out today. Yeah, it does. So watch out for that because I think that that'll be a useful monitoring mechanism for organizations who are trying to do the right thing by their people, Mm. you know, um, during this time. Absolutely. What about, so there was, you know, we're talking about organizations who might start a program. What if you're in the middle of a program? Mm. And now you might be worried about losing momentum on it. Mm. You know, any any tips, thoughts, guidance, Corinne? What do you mm. think? Again, there's the virtual platform. So with some of our clients who are in the middle of rolling out their debriefs. So we're still doing the debriefing, but we're doing them via a video conference. Or the other thing is they're organizing smaller meetings and mm. it's practicing social distance and we're doing it in small team-based yep. debriefs. The other thing that you and I have been talking about, mm. Dom, is actually, you know, inviting organizations. We're putting together a a kind of a, a package, I guess, for organizations who want to use a podcast as mm. a way of maintaining momentum. So we've got some organizations, especially large ones, who are in the habit of doing town halls and they're not able to do town halls anymore. Mm. So talking to clients about how they might be able to switch the way they deliver the message. I think we're very keen to support and I think it's very important for organizations to maintain momentum because at times like this, when we've worked with organizations who are going through a high level of disruption and they're doing culture or a crisis, what we've discovered is culture ends up being the glue Uh. that provides a positive focus for people. And so it kind of changes the doom and gloom narrative into something mm. that's more empowering. So I think it is important to keep on on doing it. So we're doing, a, you know, a couple of debriefings just via virtual means. So mm. setting that up for a team by team, department by department, or one-on-one with the executive leader. We're doing sort of workshops and mm-hmm. whole workshops on mm-hmm. on virtual. And then the other thought is just to... How can we help by using podcasts? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's very tempting in time like this, and it, it's very real to be consumed by focusing on the present. Yeah, I mean, there's so much planning has had to be done over the last what is it now five days since mm. major announcement on mm. the weekend on Monday that HR departments are just consumed by doing that, and, and that's reality. But it's a bit like you've got to be careful. I mean, the old analogy of walk, if you walk down the street only looking at your feet, eventually you'll bump into something. And so that's the present down at the feet. So we need to look up and see what's ahead. We need to not only do all this detailed planning for how to handle this specific issue, we've also got to think about, so what's next? Mm. So I come back to what I said earlier, that the update will come. I mean, mm. I've been through the 70s oil crisis, the 80s market crash, Something happened in the 90s, the 2000 GFC, 2000s, GFCs, etc. And there's always an uptake at the end of it all. 
And so it's about being ready and positioning the organization to be able to do that. And what it might require is changes in, in business model. Organizations have to be careful about that we may have to change the way we do things in, in time as a consequence of this. And so that, again, will come back to, well, how does the culture allow the organization to be adaptable to those circumstances? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great note to end on. Sean, thanks for your time. Corinne, thanks for yours as well. Thanks, Dom. Thanks, Thank Sean. You, Dominic. And hopefully, uh, you know, the world's moving so quickly. Maybe, uh, maybe it's all resolved soon. We can hope. But otherwise, I think those are great tips to to keep in mind. And you know, I think as Sean said, you know, the world goes on. And and what, yeah, what was that? Wake up tomorrow morning. The sun will still be shining. That's and it. The world would not have ended. That's maybe it. A little different. Yeah. It's pretty sunny out there. I do find it a weird juxtaposition. I'm seeing inside watching rolling 24-hour news, and I look out my window. It's this beautiful, gorgeous day yeah. out there. So it's a bit strange, isn't it? It is. There's actually a sort of um, intuitive, counterintuitive piece of advice that uh, I read interestingly from a senior executive in the U.S. Be careful about the news that you read. Limit mm. yourself to mm. one good source of news mm. and follow that. But this flicking online from one, the mm. New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, Sydney Morning Herald, Telegraph, oh. you're, getting, you're bombarding yourself with this stuff. Mm. As we yeah. know from all of Corinne's work around extreme thinking, that if you bury yourself in all this kind of information, you limit the way your brain can deal with it. Yeah. Uh. And you lift your anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, so limit yourself to one new source. There we go. That's, That's a good, good takeaway. Take yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dom. See, See ya. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, Email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia, all rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.